Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to our new PR Week podcast episode with Arvind Hickman. Hello and welcome to the PR show. The eagle-eared among you will notice that I am not Arvind Hickman. No, indeed. I'm Anna Geffert, MD at Hero Communications and President of Women in PR. And I've hijacked the podcast this week in celebration of International Women's Day. We have a feast for the ears in store for you, which will explore what the last 12 months has done for gender equality in our industry and how professionals and employers have managed the challenges they've faced. The gender pay gap, the entitlement gap, and predictions for the year ahead. So just some light conversation, I hear you cry. Enlightening you today will be our star-studded panel of leading women in comms. Jerry Vispnevsky, Managing Director for Technology at Global Communications Agency Edelman. Sneha Patel, Senior Advisor for External and International Affairs in the Mayor's Office, London, and Women in PR Committee member, I hasten to add. And Ngozi Miyagi, Senior Consultant at Corporate Communications Agency Powers Court and Vice President of Women in PR. Welcome, ladies, and happy International Women's Day. So let's kick off by looking at what the last 12 months has done to gender equality in the PR industry. Do you think equality has been helped or hindered by the pandemic? Sneha, do you want to kick us off? Yes, definitely. So I think anybody who's been around the last year in, in the UK will we'll know that it's been an incredibly tough year for the country. But for anybody who works in comms, whether you're internally facing or externally facing, that's been probably more true than ever. The, the long hours, the constantly changing environment in which you're working to and responding to have been really tough and managing work and home, particularly for people with children, I think has been have been real real issues. But one of the really positive things to come out from it I think has been the teamwork that people have 
been able to show and, and needed so much of in order to respond to this fast-moving, really critical situation. And I think the second thing is that it has shown the real value and agility of PR and, and that has been something that I think has, has helped our industry and, um, and helped women in our industry too. Jerry, did you want to talk to us a little bit about what's been happening at your end and at Edelman? So probably building on what Snea said, um, I would say, you know, when you look at the data that's out there about how women have been impacted, you, you, McKinsey as an example, we've been disproportionately affected by the pandemic because we've had to step into other roles <laughs> that we might not have been doing when we were at work. So as we said, caring roles, not just for children, but maybe for parents or extended family or your communities. Um, so, you know, in that in that respect, uh, you know, so I, we, we ourselves responded by recognising that that was going to be a challenge for people. And then in a second lockdown, we actually as Edelman decided to offer flexi furlough to parents and, and carers. And we saw, you know, some people who were really, really pleased and relieved, frankly, to have been offered that. I mean, my, my personal situation was, um, you know, I have a husband who's a key worker. So, you know, in the first lockdown, it was exhausting. I mean, not only was I having to deal with, you know, thinking about a business in a time of crisis and, being a leader to a team of people who were also, you know, they were concerned about the health situation, their loved ones and their families and tra traveling around. We have a lot of international people in the team. So I had all those things together, plus, plus kids at home, my husband out of the house working, me trying to deal with all of that, you know, exhausting. Second time around, it's been slightly different because I've been able to get them into school and that has been a massive relief for me. But I, I realize that I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I do see women disproportionately affected. Yes. But I also see business has responded. I think, you know, the first time round, people were trying to figure out how do I do this? You know, I'm, try I'm trying to do it, trying to do it all. Second time round, third time round, we're saying, actually, no, we need to do things differently. Um, and so I've been really pleased to see, you know, businesses and firms responding in that positive way. Brilliant. And I, I totally hear you with that. I've got uh, two small children at home as well, which is a, a constant struggle and a challenge. Um, and Gozi, I mean, I know we've talked previously about um, the, the, the challenges that we both have having small children, but we've also seen there are some real silver linings which have come out of the last year um, when you're working from home and, and, and managing all of these things. Do you want to talk us through what you've seen? As you mentioned, I have two small children and what I've, I think I've really benefited from over the last year is, is spending that quality time with them. So I've always been a working mum. I mean, my children are, are quite small, but I've never been one of those mums who is massively involved in the nursery or, um, um, or, you know, being able to bake for bake sales and things like that. So over the past year, I've really been making the most of being involved, getting to know the teachers, getting to know the other, other student or other children within the nursery, the other parents. And I've, you know, I think that that has been invaluable for me. And that's something I definitely wouldn't want, want to take back. So that has been amazing. Um, not having to commute every day is massive. Um, I've been able to exercise in the morning, which has been fantastic. Um, so, you know, I can, I can wake up at, at, at 6.30 in the morning and have an, an exercise, um, 
you know, session before I start work. And that's something that I wasn't able to do previously. So that that has been great. Um, I'm really getting to know my area. We've we've gone for loads of walks around around my area. And, you know, there's just actually discovering the fact that there's lots of greenery and there's loads of beautiful parks and beautiful farms um, that we've kind of walked through. So that has also been a huge, huge plus, I think, for me. Oh, that's great. And I think I think I keep hearing stories like that um, from various people that I speak to. And, and I think it is really important to, to look for these positives because obviously there has been so much negativity around the pandemic, not only um, on the healthcare side, but uh, but also um, the, the kind of rise of this idea of a she session and things like that. Um, so I think it is really important to, to really look at those positives and what we can carry through um, with us uh, following the pandemic. Um, and I know, Sneha, you've been at the coalface for um, COVID comms, obviously at the mayor's office for the last year. And I just don't know how you've done it. It must have been so challenging, to say the least. But would you agree that there's been these positives for us to take away? I know you mentioned previously about teamwork. Um, what else have you seen? The other thing that I've seen is, and I've been really impressed by this, actually. So I work in the public sector, but what I've been impressed with is is how the private sector in particular, PR agencies and different brands have really come together to to get behind the cause of the the public cause of COVID and see how they can support the public in whichever way that is, whether that's around food banks or um, food packages for NHS workers, or it has been uh, support classes for young kids. I think it's been amazing to see how they've come together to do that and really put aside their rivalries as well to, to come and do that. So it's, it's less it's less relevant to gender specifically, but I think that's one of the things that I've noticed the most has been one of the big positives. And I think what's hard is that being at the coalface of COVID comms, you know, I've, I've seen the really difficult effects on people's lives whether that's key workers or even just looking at the stats around the impact of the pandemic on women across the board. Um, So I would say that I'm faced with more of the negative consequences of the pandemic every day, but I have seen definitely some of the positives too. And I just wanted to to touch on um, the gender pay gap. So when we had um, last year, reporting was obviously um, put on hold for for various reasons, and it's going to be reinstated this year. So it'll be really interesting for us to see where that bar has shifted, especially um, with the big agencies and and just generally across business. Um, Sneha, do you think the gap will have widened over the last year? I think if we look at some of the data, yes. I think that's probably the case. I think I was really disappointed that it was postponed or cancelled last year and that even though it's being reinstated this year, it's actually being delayed for six months, I think. And I think that's, you know, we need a commitment to gender equality and part of that is people continuing to report on it regardless of what's happening because that's the only way to really understand it and then take action. And I saw I saw recently that mothers were 47 percent more likely than fathers to have lost their jobs or resigned from their jobs and 14 percent more likely to have been furloughed and I, I personally can't see how that when you when you're faced with figures like that how we won't see a change on the pay gap and um, and I, I think it probably will have widened and, and what I hope is that 
when people and, and employers see the data that it kind of re re solidifies their importance and dedication to tackling it and putting in place the programs that they need and the hiring practices that they need to really make a change and at city hall we've done some of that and we've been really successful in in um taking our pay gap from around five percent to 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 virtually zero in, in a few years so it can be done it just takes a concerted effort Wow, that's really impressive. Um, I think it will be really interesting to see what the the data does show and and hopefully it will kind of spark some change. Um, I was really interested actually to to read um, about the the LinkedIn and female lead survey that was released this month. Um, So they've done some research and they've outlined something that they call the entitlement gap. So apparently this leaves women um, socially conditioned to feel less deserving than men and it's impacting women's career progression. So the survey that they did found that 44% of women feel less entitled to promotions or increased pay in the workplace. And I guess this is building on this kind of idea that that women find it very difficult to negotiate or to ask for promotions, etc. Sneha, do you think this is something that you'd agree with? Have you seen this in action? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's not something new. I feel like probably every woman listening to this podcast will probably recognise that description. And I think it's good that there's been some research to really bring it to the fore. I think there's really clear ways in which you can help support women and create the environment so that they can um, tackle some of those barriers that they face. And like one, for example, that um, I've been part of and, and have benefited from myself have been sponsorship schemes. So rather than being mentored, which a lot of women are more than men mentored, um, that you are sponsored instead, actively sponsored in your workplace. And that allows you to to have somebody who can have some of those conversations for you or with you. And I think that has proven, there's a Harvard Business Review article around it that shows that sponsorship actually makes one of the biggest differences in terms of actually propelling women into leadership positions more so than and many other practices in the workplace. Really interesting about the sponsorship and and, and mentoring. I, at Women in PR, we um, obviously have the, the mentoring program that we do um, with PR Week, which has been great. But I, I really like this idea of exploring the difference between mentoring and, and sponsoring as well. Um, the other main thing that's that's come out of the pandemic and something that I was actually really optimistic about when um, it, it all kicked off last last March was flexible working. And, and I was really hopeful that flexible working would actually kind of transition from being something that was, you know, slightly frowned upon or you might have been seen as a bit of a part-timer to, to actually just becoming something that was ingrained in our everyday lives because we were all doing it. Um, and and that, that kind of continued for a little while, but we're now seeing that the bosses, especially in the city and the big banks, have seen uh, working from home as having a negative impact on their business. Um, so I'm really concerned that this is actually going to, to do more harm to, to the kind of flexible working idea in, in um, big agencies as well as small. Jerry, did you, how, what does Edelman think about flexible working and, and how have you found um, the, the kind of working from home um, as a big agency during the pandemic? We actually had a flexible working policy before this happened and so people were able to work remotely and flexibly and we we had been set up Um, and as a big agency the ability to do that helped us sort of recover a lot 
more quickly. Um, what I would say is, I think it's just for us as Edelman, I think it's just accelerating what we were already on the path to do. So I think Ed Williams spoke to PR Week this week and already said, you know, we expect to allow even more flexible working. Like that's that's the path forward for us. And I see lots of lots of other agencies like, you know, finding some path in between, you know, some there's going to be some that will go hybrid, some that might go fully flexible if you're much smaller, some that will start fully you know, flexible from the very day. And I've seen a lot, a few agencies, you know, uh, launch in this COVID period, actually taking advantage of that, that new model of having, not having to have any operational costs at an office, which I think is um, really, really interesting. Um, I think I would say, you know, I'm a real advocate of flexible working um, in the, in the tech team. We've sort of piloted a few different things where we offered to let people work from home two to three days a week and we you know we found when our engagement studies came back we had some of the highest engagement scores because we allowed people you know as well as the ability to be flexible they felt um, that uh, they had autonomy and actually they could do the work in the way that they wanted um, I think the COVID environment has made you know it's been different working at home during a pandemic because there's nowhere else to go. We don't have any places to kind of let off steam. You can't just go out, see a friend and have a drink. So this pandemic remote working and home working is gonna be very different to when hopefully things can open up again and we can work from home and see friends and people and do other things. But I think, as I said, it's accelerating what was already happening for us. I think that's that's true, isn't it? It's not really a true form of flexible working at the moment. It's it's kind of in this weird bubble in this weird vacuum. Um, and Gozi, how have you found um, the the kind of flexible working outlook? And 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 what does Powers Court have to say? Uh, well, I think Powers Court now are taking a much less prescriptive view on working. So we are definitely embracing the whole flexible working. Um, situation and really rethinking what the office is for, which I think is a great is a great step because um, I think what what lockdown has taught a lot of people um, and what lockdown has taught a lot of people within you know Powers Court within a number of other organisations that I've spoken to is that there are certain tasks that are done better at home. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And there are certain tasks that, you know, um, office environments will aid. Um, and I think that is the approach that we are taking. When we 
when we, you know, get back to a normal, when we get back to the normal world, we're thinking about what the office space should be used for and the fact that it should be used for collaborating and building culture and things like that. Um, And if you do want to, you know, have difficult phone conversations or you do want to kind of sit down and bury your head in, in, you know, writing, then perhaps you should do that at home and perhaps got an hour okay with that. So I think um, it's a great thing and and it's great that this situation has brought about that way of thinking um, that, you know, is beneficial for us all. I I totally agree with that. I think there is definitely um, times when you just want to hide yourself away and work on a piece of research or a, a big kind of project, but then when you're trying to train someone or when you're trying to brainstorm, it's so difficult sometimes to kind of get your, your thoughts and feelings across via the, the phone or via Zoom. So I am lo- I'm looking forward to, I think at Hero, we're definitely going to have um, an office space. We're going to have that creative space, but then um, have that flexibility to, to enable people to, to work from home when they want to. So I'm really hopeful that the rest of um, the industry and also um, the city become a little bit more um, accepting of it and maybe look at the positives a little bit more. Um, and this kind of leads us on really nicely to, to looking at um, employers as a whole. So the, the agencies um, and how they've acted during the, the pandemic. I know, Jerry, you touched on earlier about um, acting really quickly and everyone kind of being really focused on um, like flexible furlough and things like that. Uh, Are there any other examples that you've seen over the last year that have really impressed you or that have really stood out? I I think it's been, I think it's been a challenging year and I think probably people are probably trying all sorts of different things and maybe not sharing all those experiments (laughs) publicly. Um, I can only talk about my own personal experiences and I found a lot of the things that we tried to adjust were with, within teams. So we tried to do things, um, and this is all about you know, how do we create a culture and a way of working that works for everyone. So we do things like let's put in a mental health break for people so that they like, you know, they set a boundary around having time to have a break, to go for a walk, to have some exercise, to take some rest. We t- we had some experimentation around a day where we wouldn't take calls or try not to do internal meetings so it gave us as Ngozi was saying you know headspace to do deep deeper work and over the years that we tried flexible working we've 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 told the teams that your work from home days they're, they're, they're days where you can be quiet we don't expect to see lots of email or interaction for you because we expect you're going to be doing thinking work which requires space and time and so um I think those are just some of the way some of the things that we've experimented in other, other things I've done personally in, in, in the team is I've said on, on a Friday, I, I tell everyone four o'clock Friday, I put it in the diary, we stop them because by the end of the week, frankly, we're all exhausted. I don't, you know, I personally don't have any more to give. You know? So laptops down everyone, you know, and I know not everyone can do it. It's, it the, the intention is let's do our best as leadership. I'm, I'm saying it's okay to stop pick it up on Monday everyone have their weekend I think it's those kinds of things you know you you kind of want to say well are there big sort of are there big things that we can do structural things but actually sometimes it's the really small intimate things that make a a difference uh, to teams and to people so that's what I personally try to do this year 
Um, Jerry, I think that's so refreshing. Um, I think that's a, a brilliant way of working. I love the fact that you're you're like downing tools on a Friday because I think everyone agrees that a Friday afternoon is is a real struggle at the moment. Um, and I, I actually saw, um, I think it was um, a few days ago, maybe last week, that Ketchum was doing the same thing where they had like a no meeting day uh, or no internal meetings day. And I just thought, what a great idea. You've, you've got to trial these things you've got to see if they work and and I think while we're all um getting to grips with this kind of new normal and and how it's going to look um this is the time to be experimenting and, and trying these things when else are you going to do it um sorry just just to add to that just and I think that another benefit from all of this has been the focus on wellness so I think that organizations are definitely taking um more of a yeah they're definitely focusing more on their employees mental health, um, how they're dealing with the situation. I think that has been a massive, um, a massive plus Um, because the fact that you can, you know, it's a lot easier to kind of speak to your manager about the fact that you may not be coping in the situation or you're having issues because your children are loud and they're screaming downstairs or you're having to homeschool and, you know, do calls at the same time. And people are really understanding about that, I think is fantastic. So that's definitely been another plus, I would say, from all of this. And I hope that also continues. Can I add one more thing on this? Taking it back to sort of the the gender equality. I mean, I saw Sophie Rain in a piece a couple of weeks ago on on Peer Week. She flagged, and I, I don't know this Ipsos Mori poll, but she said that working mothers were 45% more likely to have suffered mental health problems than the general population during the first lockdown. And I I was stunned, but also kind of could understand that too, you know, as someone, you're just dealing with too many things and there's a lot of sort of um, weight on your shoulders, especially if you're in a leadership position. It's It's been incredibly hard. Um, I would I would say you know the things that we try that I've tried to look at within my own team personally are benefits not just for working mothers or parents or working fathers they're of benefit for everyone which should in my opinion promote you know gender equality and advancement for all um there you know I think this pandemic has also shown me but there were lots of things that weren't working well about the way we were working previously. To, to Ngozi's point, you know, I, I would like to be there for more of my children's, you know, school stuff. You know, I also wasn't there. I can't be there in person to drop them off. Or sometimes I can't be there to, you know, for their parent-teacher meeting. But I have been able to make that work. And yes, there's been sort of trade-offs. There's the difficulties of the pandemic and having to work at home when your kids are running about. But there have been some opportunities. And I think men and, and have been able to see some of those opportunities too because they're also seeing, well, actually, it's also quite nice for me to be more involved and be at home, hopefully. Um, and then what does that do? to gender advancement and gen- gender equality. I think that's going to be really interesting coming out of this pandemic to see how that evolves. So Ngozi um, and I are shaking our heads because that's exactly what we've, we've had that exact conversation, um, I think, uh, last week about um, the the 
division of labor in the home has become a lot more 50-50. And I think that is going to really impact um, equality in a very kind of sensitive evolutionary way because we get to spend more time with our kids. We get to do all of these things now. So you see the positives and and hopefully the... um, kind of employers and our clients and and everyone else in in the workplace will also see that and also want to to help promote that as well. Um, And I think this this leads us on really nicely to to looking at the the theme of International Women's Day um, this year, which is choose to challenge. Um, And I was really intrigued by that theme because I, you know, it has been a huge challenge this last year. Um, So the idea of choosing to to challenge more was quite exhausting when I first thought about it. But um, I actually really like it now that I've, I've kind of, it's, gone through my head a little bit. Um, so how are you um, going to be choosing to challenge this year? Um, Jerry, can I can I go to you? Wow. <laughs> um, I I think if you know if I if I get a sense of something's not quite right that I will make a commitment to kind of speak up just to challenge and, and probe that situation a bit more. I think I'm naturally like that anyway <laughs> but I'll continue to fly that flag and encourage others to do this to do the same in a way that's you know productive you know not you know designed to you know challenge people yes but be get to a productive conversation and outcome for everybody brilliant and Gazi can I ask you um I think I would say that I would choose to challenge the facts that we have to go back to how life was before. Um, and for me, that's really important because a lot. I, you hear a lot of people that are like, I can't wait till we can go back to normal life. And I'm like, it's, re- it's, it's important to be able to kind of go out and see your friends and socialize and all that kind of, all those good things. But I think we really have to pause and take a moment because what, for me, what this pandemic has done, it has highlighted, it's exacerbated some of the, the issues, the gender issues. Um, as Jerry was saying, that exist. And we can't go back to how it was. We have to kind of build on this and introduce, you know, family-friendly policies and, and just build back better, really. Build back a world where it's more equal for everyone. So I think that is it's a huge thing for me, the fact that we just can't go back to living how we were. Um, I was even, you know, it was, it was snowing a few months ago in, in, um, in London and my thought was when I looked out the window, I cannot believe that there was a time where I would put on my snow boots and put on, you know, my big coat, wrap myself up and trudge through the snow to get to the office when I could do what I'm doing in the office from home. Like it just, it now it just makes no sense to me. So um, there are certain things I think that we need to kind of sit back and think about and we just we shouldn't just rush back to what we were doing and how we were living before. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. The idea of of yeah, going and 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 trudging on the train and and doing all of that when you could just be building a snowman and having a snowball for snowball fight in your lunch break is um, much more appealing. Um, and so I guess now um, it's looking um, to that year ahead and our predictions for, you know, what, what do we have in store? What do we think will be happening with regards to um, equality, flexible working? Are there any big um, ticket items that we think are coming down the line? Um, I know I think the gender pay gap will be a, a big kind of 
um, opportunity for for businesses to explore that and and i think there will probably be some fallout on the back of um the the data that comes out of that but was there is there anything else that we think will be happening this year that um we want to talk about jerry uh, if i were to make some predictions i'd say i'd say i'm probably repeating what smeya said earlier um, unfortunately the data is pointing to you know us having taken a step back but I'm channeling Ngozi here. This is the time, this is the opportunity to say, and she had a great answer, I wish I had that answer, to say, let's let's not do the same things as we return. Normal wasn't working. Let's find some different and better ways and let's take maybe three steps forward, you know? In In the same way that we, you know, together, globally, we've been able to like fight a pandemic and find vaccines in real time. You know, I think people are now saying, well, actually, what if we all put our minds to solving some really big challenges we have? Yes, climate change and sustainability and environment. But, you know, this this has been gender diversity, equality, advancing, gen, you know, gender uh, for all. Um, you know, th- these are things that have been problematic for so for such a long time. Let's let's do something different. <laughs> that makes a real change. I think, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, cl- I'm clapping silently because I don't want to um, annoy the sound. But um, I think with um, the predictions, let's definitely build back, build better. I mean, Ngozi, is there anything else that you're seeing um, that you would like to see kind of next year? I hope flexible working is the norm. I mean, I know we've heard reports of, of companies, you know, thinking that all employees should go back to the office. But, I mean, I, I hope that that moving forward, um, it can be implemented on a bigger scale. You know, people can be trusted to work at home. They can, employees can believe, I guess, that they don't need that oversight. They don't need to be watching what their employees are doing 24-7, and it can work. Um, so I'd love to see that, you know, as, as far-reaching as possible. Um, focus on mental health and wellness. I'd love for that to continue. Um, and I'd love for also for that to be the norm. Um, and I guess uh, a focus, I guess I mentioned this earlier, but a focus on family friendly policies that I guess benefit both males and females. So, um, things like enhanced paternity and maternity leave for, um, you know, for employees, because uh, I think Jerry alluded to this earlier, if you help everyone, then you help gender inequality. Um, so I hope that, that, that that's what employees will be focusing on going forward. To build on that last point, you know, I would love, I would love to see, and I've, I've been saying this to all my team, I'd love to see more men taking up shared, shared, you know, shared parental leave. You know, it's been we've had we've had that available at Edlin for a long time, and we've, I've seen pockets. But I'd love to see the impact of people now. You know, men and women now saying, actually, I can imagine a different way of working and living my life. That means it's shared responsibilities and accountabilities and things. And then we may not see the impacts of that in the work environment straight away. But once you you, know, you start to see people say, it's okay for me to leave at four o'clock because I've got something with my kids and I'm t- or I'm taking three months out because I've had a newborn and I want to share that experience with my partner whatever it is what, what does that 
how does that shape the culture of our industry? I'm feeling really positive. I, th I think there's good work that can come out. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all silently clapping now. Um, I think it is positive. And I think that is a wonderful um, way to, to end the podcast on that, on that really positive note. Um, so thank you so, so much um, to our amazing panelists. Thank you to John and the team at PR Week for um, letting us hijack your, your podcast for International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day to everyone. And um, we will be speaking to you soon through Women in PR. Thanks for listening to the PR Show podcast with Arvin Hickman. Brought to you by PR Week. If you like what you heard, please leave us a nice review. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.